Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. Good morning. Good to uh, be with you all. It was a good time away for myself and my family. We got to go out to uh, California. That's where I'm from and that's where Anne's from. And we stayed with her dad and and stepmom and with my parents. And uh, it was good. It was a good time. And uh, it's also good to be back. Um, I love my life and I love what I do. And it's it's an honor to... um, to teach, and I'm grateful to Mike for, for teaching while I was away, and, and um, I got to listen to part of his message, and I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of them uh, sometime this week. A uh, couple things before we get started into the message, um, just to share with you guys. If you could be in prayer, we our staff team is going on retreat this week um, on Thursday and Friday. Every year we have an annual retreat that we go away and we do a lot of prayer and planning for the coming year. And a lot of what we're going to use to, to plan for the coming year came directly out of the prayer time that we had at our annual meeting from you all. The words that came out and the things that I, I shared some of those things in, in the, um, um, the Connector article. So for the, for the five of you who read that, I appreciate it. And if you want to know more about that, you can, you can just check your email. Um, but so we're going to spend some time away. So if you could just hold us up in prayer as we're gone. Um, we, it's, it's a lot of hours and a lot of time together and it's always good and it's always refreshing and God always reveals things to us and, and really the year forms and plans from that. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, uh, this coming weekend, we are going to have a, a kind of a teaching seminar and let me give you some background on that. It's going to happen on Friday. It's going to happen on Saturday. Um, and you're saying like, well, why don't, I've never heard of this. And, and I'll say, yes, we were actually sitting in staff and having conversation about the seminar and the conversation we're having went something like this. Um, we, and, and the main point of the seminar was to train our, our prayer team and also, um, our elders and our, and our staff team in, in a certain area of ministry and how to do ministry. And as we were talking through the seminar and, and knowing it's coming up and, um, it, the, the content of the seminar was such that it's kind of volatile, like misunderstood in, in, in the community, in the church world. And so we were going back and forth on, on whether or not to, um, to just kind of make it open and invite everybody to it. And the reason we were, were hesitant to do that is because we felt like people might misunderstand or they may, might be like, what the heck is going on at this church that I go to? Um, but... On Saturday morning, I woke up, and uh, I was having this conversation with the Lord about it, and I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Jimmy, stop being afraid of what people think. So, with that, um, we, are, we are inviting in somebody to come and teach us about deliverance ministry. What is deliverance ministry? Well, it's one of the things that Jesus told his followers to do as they went out and they shared about the gospel. What, well, what is deliverance ministry? Well, it's helping people with demonic oppression. Those who are suffering with addiction, um, issues, long-standing health problems, things of that nature. Um, oftentimes, those can be caused by demonic issues. We, the church in America has their head in the sand around this topic. We don't know what to do with it. 
But everywhere around the world, this is a normal thing um, that is that is out in the open and talked about. And, and so I want to share something with you that I, I haven't shared with you up until this point. Some, some of you are aware of this, but most of you probably aren't. Um, in the last two years here at Washington, 14 different times people have been set free from demonic oppression in our church community. 14 times. Okay? In... From March, there was an 11-week period in which eight people were set free from demonic oppression. Just this last March through April. Okay? Yeah, praise God for that. Um, that's an awesome thing. And so because of that, uh, the elders and the staff have been reading a book around this and trying to learn more about it. Uh, so that when it does happen, um, we are, I, I told my elders, I said, when this happens, when the Lord wants to do this, I want you to be not running away from it, but we're running towards it. And so, and then if somebody in the congregation have questions about it, I want you to be able to answer from the scriptures what, what this is and why we're doing this. Um, and so we, I got to, to meet this man. His name is Clayton Collins. He's an unbelievable man of God. Um, several of us have traveled down to Columbus where he does ministry and watched him and, and gotten to work with him. He invited us to people from Washington to join his prayer team and participate. Um, so he's coming on Friday night from 6 to 8, and, he, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., I think it is, or 5, something like that, whatever it is. Um, and it's open invitation for anybody who wants to come and just learn. And he's going to talk about his experiences. It's going to be very hands-on, how to pray, techniques on how to pray, how to notice, how to ask questions. He's going to take us through the scriptures and teach us about that stuff. So, again, it's open to anybody and, and, and everybody who wants to come. If you know of people from other churches who want to join, they're welcome to join. Um, you just need to, to let us know by Tuesday, we need to RSVP, because um, we're going to send things to Clayton, and he's going to send in information material ahead of time for us to look through to be ready. There's going to be a lunch. Uh, it's going to be $10 for lunch. We're going to provide it as a, as a church community. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you, okay? Um, and that's really exciting. The, the, Jesus says when you see essentially the demonic um, people being set free from demonic oppression, you know that the kingdom of God is at hand among you. And, and brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is at hand among us here at Washington Church. And that is an awesome thing. So, and, and even in, in your own life, there's something you're struggling with or people you know that are struggling with things. This is an opportunity to come and learn because the Lord wants to use you and work through you to help set them free as well. And that's a, exactly the point of the seminar is teaching and learning about that so that we can do that. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you guys to, to make you aware and known. And I'm sure if you have lots of questions, you can ask them. And I, I'd be happy to sit down and, and talk to you more about that. Actually, go talk to one of the staff or the elders. That would be good for them to, because uh, they, can, they can lean on the scriptures and lean on the book that we're going through. Okay, get your Bibles. And we're going to be in John chapter 16. So open up your Bibles with me and join me in John chapter 16. As we're going through this series on evangelism, um, we're going to spend the next two weeks focusing on what Patrick talked to the kids about. And that is being led by the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that you can, with all good intentions, go out and do many wonderful and good things. But if you are not being led by the Spirit of God, a lot of those things will fall on their faces. But when the Spirit of God begins to lead your life and you begin to follow behind the movement and the presence of God, things open up and will be transformed and changed like you will, you've never seen before. That's how you are designed to, be, to operate and function, 
is being led by the Spirit of God. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Um, Jesus talks about the Spirit of God in John 16 and basically said the Spirit has three things. And I want to go over those three things with you. But before we get to that, in Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 1, and we talked about in this this series on uh, evangelism that we wanted to use Jesus as our model for evangelism. And again, somebody, a pastor person that I really admire said that Jesus is perfect theology. If you ever want to know what the theology of God is, look at the life of Jesus. Because Jesus embodies perfect theology of what God is like. And so this is, this is how Jesus chose to live his life as God. Full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, and was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness. And see, so we see throughout Jesus' ministry that he was a, a sign of his ministry, that he was led by the Spirit of God. And whatever he did, and everything that he did, he was led by the Spirit of God. And so we want to be the same. We want to function in the same way. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. And there's actually tangible ways that we can do that. And one of the things we're going to do at the end uh, of the message is we're going to practice listening for the Spirit of God in our lives. Because we need to begin to do that as, as children of God. John 16, verse 13 through 14. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. This is before he dies and is resurrected, and he's teaching them about the Holy Spirit. So he's in the Jerusalem region in John 16, and he's, he's downloading to them kind of the final comments in John 16, 17, uh, 15, 16, and 17. Fabulous. Like, read over that over and over again. Talks about the vine and the branches. Talks about the unity in the church and just the heart that God has for his people. But he talks about the Holy Spirit. It says this, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The first thing that the Spirit does is it, the Spirit guides you into truth. Right? What does that look like? What is a guide? Um, one, of, one of the authors I love to read, his name is Bob Goff. How many of you guys have read a Bob Goff book? Yeah. Bob Goff, if you don't like to read, read Bob Goff. Okay? If you're not into reading, you don't enjoy reading, or reading's hard for you, pick up a Bob Goff book, and it, like, it's so easy to read. It flows so well and so easy. I think Love Does was his first, first book that he wrote. But Bob has a story that he tells about going on this trip, climbing a mountain. Like, not like a day trip, but several days to get up a mountain. And he talks about um, the fears that he had, the concerns that he had. He actually didn't know where he was going or exactly how he was going to get there. And so it's a, it's a type of intense climbing that requires you that you hire a guide to take you up the mountain. Um, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. And so he tells a story about how he was climbing this mountain. And he said, I stood behind this guide the entire time. And the guide would stop and he'd look back at me. And, and he said, he seemed to know when I was hesitating or I had doubts or I didn't believe in myself. And he'd turn around and he'd say, Bob, you don't have to worry. I'll get you there. Just follow right behind me. And he, and it, and he said, when I take a step, you take a step. And I, when I move right, you move right. When I move left, you move left. And it hit Bob. He said, he said, I realized that that's what it's like to walk with the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit functions as our guide and wants to lead us. And move us forward into truth. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8. This is another great space What I encourage you to hang out in this week in your daily quiet time. Read through Romans 8 as well as through John 15, 16, and 17. But in Romans 8, 14, Paul essentially says this. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
Like literally one of the definitive marks that you are a follower of Jesus is that you're led by the Spirit. And when you're led by the Spirit, you're a child. We have to have that posture of being like a child and following after what the Spirit says to us. And I think sometimes as adults, we, we develop just through life and woundings and various things. We get these filters that we put into place where we have a, an understanding of what life should be like and what, how the world should go. Or even when, when God begins to ask of us things that seem beyond us, which is very much a God thing to do, we have, these filters often ca- stop us from saying yes to it because it just seems either too ridiculous or too out there or whatever it is. But as a child, if you invite children to do things, they don't have those filters. They just go. And they're not afraid of things. They, they will jump off things they shouldn't jump off of. They'll step out into spaces they shouldn't step out into. And I wonder how much the Lord is like, yeah, be like them. Be as reckless as they are as you follow me. And so Paul, Paul in, in Romans chapter 8, he sets up for the church in Rome. And he's trying to teach them about the difference between walking in the spirit and walking in the world. Or what he calls the flesh. And I want to show, I don't, we don't have time to read through that, but I want to show you examples of the contrast, the stark contrast between the two. So here's the fir- first, living according to the flesh. Now what does living according to the flesh mean? Um, it means essentially giving into the desires or the things the world thinks are important or valuable. And we all do it. We all are still caught in that. Although we've been set free from that, we still are drawn back into it from time to time. And the more we're drawn back into it and the more we allow ourselves to be drawn back into it, the more we stay in that place. And this is what Paul describes. He says, those who live in that place set their minds on the things of the flesh. So when our minds are set on the things of the world, it's very hard, almost impossible to be led by the Spirit of God. Well, what does that mean? I would say a lot of the time that we spend uh, in whatever you want to call it, virtual universe land, is mostly focusing on the things that the world says are important. When we scroll through Facebook, when we scroll through Instagram, a lot of those things put the world in front of us and say, hey, chase after this. This is what's valuable. This is what's important. This is where you'll find fulfillment. And as long as we're doing that, it becomes very hard to listen to the Spirit of God. It leads to death when we do those things. It's hostile to God, which should, like, shock us, right? Those things are hostile to God. We cannot submit to God's law when we're living in the flesh or living as as the world thinks is important. We cannot please God, and slavery leads to fear. Leads to slavery, which leads to fear. That's, that's a, those are pretty powerful contrasts. This is what Paul sets up. And, and, and granted, he's trying to, to put a juxtaposition, not just with believers, but with those who don't know God, which cannot be led by the Spirit in that way, with those who do know and have given their life to Jesus and are invited to be led by the Spirit. And then likewise, on the other side, he talks about being led by the Spirit. He says, those who are led by the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So in contrast to setting your mind on the things of the world, you're setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. It leads to life and peace. How many of you want life and peace? There you go. Okay? The Spirit of God dwells in you. And that's the only way you can be led by the Spirit is if the Spirit of God dwells in you. It gives life to your mortal bodies. Enables you to put to death the deeds of the body. Gives you the ability to cry out to God as Father. God, what a gift that is. And we are children. 
heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so Paul in, in Romans 8, again, it, there's so much depth there. We can spend the entire summer looking at the difference between walking in the world and walking in the spirit. There's a contrast between the two, and it seems like it's very clear that the way that we are led by the spirit is that we surrender those, those things of the world. And we let go of those things, and, and really what I've found is, is if we want to be led by the Spirit, we need to come to a place over and over again where we are saying to ourselves, I want you, Jesus, more than I want anything else. And if we're willing to say that, Jesus, you're more important than fill in the blank, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, there's an openness in us where God can begin to use us because the things that used to be in the way are no longer in the way. And it's an invitation for us in our lives to do that. So that's the first thing, that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and lead us into truth. The second thing in John 16, 13 is, and he will tell you what is yet to come. This is interesting. He doesn't say he will show you what is yet to come. Because showing implies seeing. But telling implies what? Let's try it again. Telling implies speaking. So literally it's saying the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and tell you what's going to happen. Before it happens. I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up in, in church spaces. I grew up in church all my life. I didn't grow up in church spaces where people were saying to me, God wants to say something to you. God wants to speak to you. God has something to say to me. To me. I grew up with God, you know, gave us the scriptures and just keep reading this. And yes, so grateful for the scriptures. This is God speaking to us. But I believe God also has something to say to us as we live our lives. The Spirit of God wants to speak to us is what, what's being said there. The, the Greek word is, is anagaleo, which is where we get our, our word angelos, which means messenger, which is what an angel is. But angaleo means to announce something, to make it known. And literally, the Spirit of God wants to make known things to the people of God. That's the desire. Okay? Sounds like kids are having fun downstairs. But he's willing to speak to those who are willing to listen. In the scriptures, there are two words, different words in Greek, that refer to the Word of God. Okay? Some of you might know this. We've talked about this before. One is logos. That is the most common. And logos is, refers to the constant written word of God, which is recorded in the scriptures. Right? This is the logos. When you're reading through the scriptures and it says the word of God, most of the time it means the logos, the written word of God. It can also mean the person of, of Jesus. Jesus is the word, embodied. Okay? John 1 talks about that, that Jesus was, was the word. Jesus was the logos. But there's a second word that's used in Greek, to just talk about the word of God, and that is rhema. And rhema is the instant personal speaking of God, where God speaks out. Okay? Now, rhema also involves the, the written word of God, but in the places in the scriptures where it's, where it's used, rhema means the Lord is actually speaking to his people. Like, audibly you're hearing, or an inner hearing of God. The God that we follow is not silent. He's still speaking to us. His written word is a record of his speaking, yes, but that's not all that there is. God is still speaking to us today. 
And so as followers of Jesus, we have to have an understanding that there is the logos, there's the written word that we have that we need to be steeped in, but there's also the rhema word of God in which God is actually speaking to his people. And we need to carry both of those things. And actually, one of the best ways, you might say, well, I've never heard the Lord speak to me. One of the best ways to train yourself around hearing from God is to steep yourself in God's word. Because when God speaks to you, Whatever he's going to say to you is not going to be in contradiction to this. It's actually going to build on this and reinforce what he's already said to us. And so we need both of those things and have an understanding of both of those things. But I want to give you an, an example of, of where uh, rhema is used in the scriptures. And, and as I go through these examples, I hope that you have the experience that I had when I first learned this. And it was like, uh, no way. And these are scriptures I'm going to show you, you've probably read many, many times, but you may not have realized that they're rhema passages. Here's Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every rhema that comes from the mouth of God. So we're not supposed to live on, you know, this is the daily aspect of life is, is what Jesus is talking about. And he's saying, daily the Lord should be speaking to you, and that's what you should live on. That's, that's pretty intense. Like that we should be hearing from the Lord on a daily basis. And again, sometimes we hear from the Lord. Sometimes his rhema comes through here as we steep ourselves in this. But God wants to speak to his people through the Holy Spirit. Here's another one. This is uh, talking about the, the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. I was always taught this is the sword of the Spirit. Period. And what's interesting about the armor of God is the sword is the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. So the very offensive weapon that you have in the world against the enemy is actually God speaking to you. That's pretty mind-blowing, isn't it? It's hard, it's hard to... Yes, yes. A lot of you are shaking your heads. Good. It's good. And this is why we need to talk about being led by the Spirit. Because being led by the Spirit is actually hearing God speak to you and guide you and lead you. And I can tell you this, <clears throat> because the point of this whole thing is, is evangelism. As you go out and share your faith, you can do it till you're blue in the face and not one person will receive Jesus. If you go out and share your faith being led by the Spirit of God, it, you begin to bat a thousand. It is mind-blowing. I'm telling you, there's a radical difference between the two. And we, we just, this is, this is where I want us to go as a people. It's like, uh, we need to be sharing our faith, yes, but we need to be doing it under the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And once we begin to do that, then God's already done it. You're just stepping into a space. That's what we talked about when, uh, last Sunday I was here. Like, the Lord goes ahead of you and prepares the way. And then when the Spirit says, now is the time, you step into that space, and, and boom, things start to happen. It's amazing when you're led by the Spirit in that way. And that's how we're all called to function and to be. Here's the last one, and this one's just chocked full. This is, I use the New King James because I think this is the most often quoted and understood version of this in Luke 137. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You guys have heard this verse before? Everybody? Okay. Did you know that in this verse, the word rima appears? Of course you don't because you're not reading Greek. But, and that's why it's hard. You know, when you just see the word word, you, you should ask yourself, which one is it <clears throat> as you read through the scriptures? And I can show you how to, how to figure that out, but it takes time. And 
you got to go online, and it's free at least, but it doesn't go as quickly as just reading it in English. Here's a better way to translate this passage, okay? And this, 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 here's the context of this. This is where the angel appears to Mary, and Mary's world is literally getting rocked because she's just been told that she's going to carry God in her womb and give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the universe. And she, of course, has a question. She's like, how is this going to go? Valid question, right? And the angel says to her, literally, here's, here's a better translation of this. No word of God that's been spoken to you will come to you without the ability to fulfill itself. Okay? Mary, no word of God that comes to you doesn't come to you without the ability for it to be fulfilled. Because when God speaks, things happen and change, don't they? You look back in Genesis 1, creation comes because God speaks. The world is transformed and changed because God speaks. Whenever God speaks, things happen. And God speaks through his people. But God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And so when God speaks, and, and when, when the angel is speaking to Mary, it's like a seed that's there that's packed with everything it needs to bring new life into existence. And literally within Mary, that's what was happening, right? Mary's is the ultimate example of what it means to be a Christian. To, to hold life, to hold the very presence of God within. That's what we, that's what we all do when we, ha- when we have a relationship with Jesus. But what the angel was telling Mary is those words that were spoken of her come with the ability for those words to be fulfilled. And everything that's needed for those, those to be fulfilled is right there. The only thing that's missing is a simple yes. And the yes activates the seed that brings new life into existence. The same thing is true of us. When the Lord speaks to us, we can actually stop that movement from happening by saying no. Through us. It'll happen. God will do what God wants to do eventually. But God wants to use us, and when he speaks to us in that way, he empowers us and gives us everything we need for whatever he said to us to come to fruition. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's important for us to hold on to that and trust that, that when God speaks to us, It comes with everything that is needed to happen. The third and final thing, he leads us into truth. He speaks to us to make things known. And the final thing in verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The final thing that the Spirit of God does is glorify Jesus. That's his job. And that's what he wants to do through each and every one of you. For those of us who have a personal relationship with Jesus, part of our design and our DNA and how we were wired is to bring glory to Jesus. We live to glorify Jesus. And the Spirit of God speaks to us to enhance that ability to to glorify Jesus. The word glory there in Greek is doxadzo, which means to make renown or to make known. Again, it is the heart of God to reveal himself to the world. And God reveals himself to the world through his word, written and spoken. He reveals himself to the world through nature, and he reveals himself to his people, which are called the temple of God. So again, if you've given your life to Christ, you are the temple. 
The very presence, the powerful presence of God exists in you. Well, why did people come to the temple? They came to the temple to experience God. They came to the temple to experience forgiveness. They came to the temple to worship. And we're going around and we're providing space in this world for God to be worshipped, for Jesus to be worshipped. That's a part of why we exist, and that's, that's a role and a function that the Spirit of God has in us. And when we're led by the Spirit of God, we are, in fact, bringing glory to Jesus and glorifying Jesus' name, which were what we were created to do. This is what we're called to do. It's not, it's simple, but it takes time to begin to learn and to begin to trust. And I can tell you, when you begin to do this, God begins to speak. I've sat before people, and, and I remember there, there was a couple that I was with, and they were sharing about how they were frustrated, and, and they were young, and they had, had younger kids, and, and they were um, just felt distant from the Lord, distant from community. And, and I said, how much time are you spending with the Lord? Like, tell me about your prayer life. And they're like, well, it's almost non-existent. And again, no fault, no foul. We have like an infant and a toddler and the husband works a ton of hours, and, and I came before, and I was like, hey, why don't we try something? Would you be up for trying something? Let's, let's ask the Lord, and I, I said to them, I said, right now, I said, the Lord's going to speak to you right now. I was like, all right, Lord, you better speak to them right now. <laughs> I just told them this is going to happen, and I sat before first the mom, and I said, I said, let's come before the Lord. Let's thank him for who he is. Let's honor him, and then we asked the question, I said, Holy Spirit, I had to repeat after me, Holy Spirit, what is, what is it that you want me to give up in my life that's getting in the way? And all of a sudden, she started to laugh. She's like, he's already showed me. And I was like, good, good. So we, we confessed that. We, we handed that over. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say to me right now? This is what I just let her. Holy Spirit, what do you have to say to me right now? And I'm waiting. I'm like, come on, Lord, come on. And I, actually, I just knew, I just knew in my soul that the Lord was going to speak to her. And, and he gave her this beautiful message. And I was like, there it is. And I, I turned over and I, I scooted over and I sat in front of the husband and I grabbed his hands. I said, are you ready? We're going to do the same thing. He goes, all right. <laughs> and we went into it. Same thing happened. It was unbelievably amazing. So this is what we're going to do right now with all of you guys. I'm not going to come and sit in front of you and hold your hand, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do that. You should have gotten a piece of paper when you walked in here. All right, get that out. And we're just going to have a moment of prayer where we're going to come before the Lord. If you need, how many of you guys didn't get a piece of paper? Scott's going to run around and hand them out. Scott and Pat. Okay. Keep your hand up. We don't have any more paper. Yeah, tear it in half and hand it to, to your neighbor if you have one. You don't need the whole thing. If you need more, then get your phone out and you can start dictating. Because if, if you need that much, the Lord has a lot of... And then we'll have you just come up here and say it, actually, if it's that much. Everybody got something? Half a piece of paper, piece of paper? Okay, what, and, and just kind of hang on to that piece of paper... We'll get to it, but everything else that's in your lap, unless you've got a child, go ahead and put it, put it to the side, all right? 
and we're just going to come before the Lord. We're just, just going to play quietly in the background. I'm just going to lead us through a time of prayer. And it's just, just going to be a, um, an exercise in listening. Because I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you this morning. He's going to have something to say to you. And oftentimes it's just about putting ourselves in a posture to listen. It's simply that. And like Paul said, between the contrast between focusing on the things of this world and focusing on the Spirit, and, and it's letting go of those things of the world. And, and stop listening to those things instead of listening to the Spirit of God. And stop looking to those things instead of looking to God. Okay? So we're going to practice that right now. So we're just going to come before the Lord. We're going to quiet ourselves. I'm going to lead you through a time of prayer. And it's just between you and the Lord. And these are just prompts I'm going to give you. You can choose to engage in them. You can choose not to. It's up to you. right now, just start off by thanking God for who he is, praising him, giving him glory and honor that he is due. Thank him for Jesus, for his death and his resurrection that brings new life. for the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper. Take a moment and ask God for forgiveness for not listening in the same way that you should be listening to the Spirit of God. this prayer. Holy Spirit, what is getting in the way of me hearing from you? Just listen for the answer as the Spirit speaks to you. Whatever that is, write it down. Holy Spirit, what is in the way of me listening to you? that is, whatever the Spirit brought up, it might be an image, it might be a picture, it might be speaking to you audibly, just hold that out and just give it over to the Lord. Lord, I give this to you. 
hand you whatever this is. It could be anxiety, it could be fear, it could be an object, it could be a person. Whatever that is, hand it over to God. Lord, I give this to you. Whatever is getting in the way, we want to get rid of that. Finally, just ask, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say to me this morning? Holy Spirit, what do you want to give me? Father, we are grateful for the gift of your spirit. We're grateful for the guide that you've given us, the one that leads us into truth. We are grateful, Lord, that you are still speaking to us through your rhema word. Lord, we are grateful for the gift of the ability to glorify your name, Jesus. Father, I pray for the people in this room they would be children led by the Spirit of God. But whatever that needs to shift in our lives, whatever needs to be removed in order to hear better from you, give us the courage to remove those things. Lord, help us to keep coming before you and asking the question, what is it that I need to let go of in order to hear better from you? God, as we do that, as we honor your word, as we listen to you, may you begin to speak to us in ways that we've never heard before. May you come to us in visions and in dreams. May you use us to glorify your name. And as we go out from this place, may you bring people into our lives that you direct us towards to share our faith with, to share the good news, to share about the kingdom of God and your love and your grace and your mercy how you so love this world that you sent your son to give his life for us that we may have eternal life for that we are grateful God we love you we want to be led by your spirit may that be a mark of this church community that is when people talk about us may they talk about us as people led by the spirit of God and so we are pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you felt like you heard something from the Lord? Praise God. Right on. Amen. So if you heard something from the Lord, I want you to tell somebody next to you what you heard right now. Whatever that might be. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.